Another week, another adventure awaits. Another podcast is here. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, the weekly podcast about Parkrun. Welcome, Mel Urbacher. Thank you, Scotty. What episode are we up to this week? 119. Our 118th episode, but it's episode 119. We will get to 113 eventually. <laughs> Probably. And as all good podcast listeners know, episode 119 is the traditional episode where we have a highlights package. It's where we reminisce about all the episodes that came before it. So that's what we're doing. Is that a traditional thing with just any podcast? Or I th- um... Yeah, I think so. I think it's, fo- it's uh, Parkrun Folklore. That Episode 119, you always go back and revisit all your old episodes, pick out the bits you liked, and just replay them. Okay. Did they do that on the Parkrun show? I don't recall that episode specifically being about highlights. And what happened to the Parkrun show? It ended. What do, well, what do you mean? What? <laughs> so if you don't follow the rules of podcasting, that's what happens. Uh, got you. Okay. I'm not entirely sure that that's the reason why it came to an end, but Okay. It could have had something to do with the fact that I'm I'm getting ready to jump on a plane and I'm trying to cram a whole week's worth of work into essentially two days. And part of that is doing the podcast. But also, I thought, you know, Mel, 118 episodes, that's like, I'd say, almost 118 hours of podcasting. It would probably be more than that. I know we had some shorter episodes, but we've also had some longer episodes. Yeah. So between all those hours, we should be able to pick out a couple of gems to revisit. So, but let's start. Let's start and go right back to the very beginning. And let's hear how uh, we, we started this, this whole gig. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. A podcast about Parkrun, hosted by two people who love Parkrun adventuring. My name is Scott. I'm joined by Mel. Howdy, Parkrunners. Mel, what is a Parkrun adventure? A Parkrun adventure is pretty much any experience that you have at a Parkrun that's a little bit outside of the norm. It's just a great way of having extra fun at Parkrun. How did you get involved in Parkrun? I started out with Parkrun at my home Parkrun, Kiwana. I unfortunately missed the very first event that they held in October 2012 but I was there for number two and I haven't looked back. I'm now the event director there. I was also an event director for another local event, Brightwater Park Run, for a year which was magic and I'm also a territory director now here on the Sunshine Coast so I get to help a lot of other events, mentoring them and helping them launch and find new locations and love it. How about you Scott? Yep, so you've got the sunny coast covered. I'm based down here in Melbourne. I discovered Parkrun about three years ago. I actually knew about it when it launched here in Albert Park, but because I lived quite a fair way away, I actually never went. So it took me about a year to figure, instead of driving an hour, why don't I just start my own Parkrun? So I started the Westerfolds Parkrun in the Melbourne suburb of Templestowe. Since then, I've gone on to help Coburg get started. I'm now the event director at Gels and about to be the event director at Studley Parkrun, which is going to launch in a suburb of Melbourne called Q. And you can refer to me as the Studley ED. The Studley ED, that 
didn't stick around for too long. Um, something else I also noticed, Scotty, what are you was back about in now? the early days. <laughs> well, who calls you the Studley ED anymore? Nobody. No, you're right. No, it hasn't come up. Not to your face, anyway. But go on, I interrupted. (laughs) I interrupted. You were saying? You did interrupt me. But that was back in the early days before we were, like, super good friends and before I started calling you Scotty. I called you Scott. It was very very formal. (laughs) You didn't pick up on that? No, I I missed that because I was was focusing on – firstly, it was weird. So if we go back there, I was was recording that in a professional radio studio with with a proper mic and big console, everything. And I sounded terrible. And I was not. And you were not. And so it was back in the days when you were still on Skype, so we were recording. I was combining the audio until we figured out there was a better way to do it. But now I record into a cheap headset on my laptop, and I don't know, I think it sounds better. I think it sounds clearer. I'll let you in on a little secret. I've ordered a new a new microphone. It's going to be here sometime soon. So it's not here yet, but I'll be interested to see um, what difference that makes. Apart from the technological aspect, do you think we just sound like babies? Like we're really young. Our voices are really young. Yeah, it was only a couple of years ago, but yeah, we do. We sound different, <laughs> that's for sure. We're, we're, we're grizzled vets now too. Grizzled vet, that's something to put on the business card. And so from episode one, how many, how many episodes do you reckon it took for us to find our groove? You don't think we were groovy in episode one? Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, I I don't really remember, to be honest. Uh, I think it took several months for us to start being comfortable having the conversations, I guess. Uh, um, I do remember the, the night, like the whole Monday night would be consumed by podcast. And even if we only, you know, recorded something that was 45 minutes long, it would still take us five hours to do that, which is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. And our partners are both very patient, wonderful people for putting up with that for a long time. Uh, what, well, what do you think, Scotty? How long do you think it took us to get our groove? You know, you're right. Yeah, we did. So those first few months, probably the first six months, maybe even the first year, you and I were getting to know each other. And so a lot of that was happening, as you said, on a Monday night and the four to five hours surrounding the uh, 30 to 60 minutes that we used to record. <laughs> uh, but it was a good time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now we just get on, bang it out and uh, go on about our day. But um, they were good times. They were good times. And we had some good guests on early. We did. It didn't take us long to start getting the big guns out, that's for sure. And in the early days, what we tried to do is we tried to get a picture of Park Run from around the world. So we went and visited some of these countries. Uh, in episode four, we caught up with Islands, Park Run Islands country manager Matt Shields. We also visited Poland, which was uh, episode nine with episode Jakub. nine with Jakub, yeah, where we learnt all about the Park Runs in Poland, and we heard about uh, the Park Runs in two countries for the first time. Episode 16, we actually got to speak to Pat Farmer. That was pretty cool. Uh, He had a lot of adventures to share about um, his spirit of India adventure specifically. It's what we talk to him most of the time. But I do recall asking him about polar bears. That that man has got a lot of stories to tell. But we also visited France where we caught up with Anita, the country manager there. So we, we tried to get all the way around the world. And by the time we'd got to... 
episode 29. Episode 29, we, we tried another experiment. We, we set you all our first challenge where we asked you all to do the reverse freedom runs and record it. But we also caught up with Jess Tringove, who had a pretty good weekend up on the Goldie. Let's, let's, let's have a listen. I just, I loved everything about the Glasgow uh, Commonwealth Games. I guess I'd had some uh, injury troubles leading into that race as well, similar to what I've had recently. And so I went into the race with a lot of unknowns. I, I didn't know if my body was ready for what it had coming. And my my coach and I had a plan and we, you know, I, I really trusted what Adam had said to me and um, we stuck to that plan and it all just sort of fell into place. And I was quite happy where I, you know, got myself to in fourth place and when I saw the girl in third slowing uh, with about, I don't know, four kilometres to go, I just suddenly had a bronze medal flashing into my head and I it didn't feel as much pain anymore, to be honest. I just was so excited and those finishing moments coming down the final straight were moments that I'll uh, cherish forever. So I was really happy with that race, but I think it was more rewarding and satisfying because of the challenges I'd had in the lead up and, you know, having my parents there and my brother and other friends um, out there supporting me on course too made it extra special. I actually watched you run that event live. We had awesome live coverage here in Australia at the time and you had the most magic smile on your face. Like you just made it look effortless and I thought, wow, she is really, really enjoying herself and that was wonderful to witness, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, on the final straight when you know that you're going to get to the finish not going to get to the finish line. It's it's really exciting. And I'd seen um, a teammate, Eloise Wellings, probably just before I turned the corner onto that final straight and to see her face and watch her sort of fist pumping really fired me up. So I think that was uh, what caused the big smile uh, down the home straight. <laughs> now, how does a Commonwealth Games bronze medal compare to a first finish at Mount Gambier Park run? <laughs> That was special, that park run in Mount Gambier. I'd actually uh, gone down there for a talk the night before and I hadn't planned on doing the park run. I just don't even think I was aware of it. And uh, one of the um, the men in the, the audience said that he was doing it the next morning and I thought that could work in really well with my session. So I called my coach and he said, yeah, go for it. So I, I uh, got up that morning and... Um, just a short warm-up to the Blue Lake and I loved it. It was a tough course uh, but a fantastic sort of community and, and atmosphere out there. This is Ross Petlin for the Parkrun Adventurers podcast at Gels Parkrun in, in Inner East Melbourne. Just running uh, the course in reverse, which will be interesting. Uh, it's currently... Uh, 10 past 7 and about 5 degrees, which in the middle of winter is what you'd expect. Uh, uh, it is interesting that uh, it's currently foggy, so that adds a challenge to the visibility. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, do a one lap easy. So I'm just setting off on an easy pace, uh, mostly downhill at this point. Uh, I've just had to pause for a minute just to double check which way I'm supposed to be going. I guess that's the main challenge with um, doing your course reverse is that it's the same sort of area but everything looks different and 
yeah, it's trying to work out where you're supposed to go. Uh, I think I turn right here. It has been too long since we have set our adventurers a challenge that actually gets them out and gets them running and gets them reporting back into us, Scotty. I think the time is nigh. I loved our reverse freedom run little challenge there. What, what do you have fond memories? Because you actually went out and did a couple, one with the boss. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, one thing, and one thing this reminds me of is throughout the whole history of the podcast is we've really tried to get our listeners to interact and contribute to the podcast. And they have done that. I mean, we've created the entire Channel 5 news crew because I think that's that's the magic. We, we always want to hear from all these different events around Australia and get a taste of what all these different courses are like. And that was our first sort of foray into it. And I give it a tick, Mel. I thought that was successful, so I agree. Let's do it again. I mean, there's, there's no reason why we can't just rehash old ideas and get a, get a new round of oh, well, reverse freedom run. We could have another Strava art competition going on as well. I mean, there's a lot more events now that you could reverse freedom run than there were back back in the day when it was episode 29. And there's a lot more events. So can we can we do it? Can we say, can we issue another, another challenge to our listeners to send in their uh, reverse freedom runs, their experience of running their courses in reverse? Well, you, uh, I think if we if we start challenging everybody with all of our highlights this episode, we're probably going to come away with a lot of homework for our our listeners. Maybe maybe we need to just space them out a bit. We are in July now. It's only two months away from streaky September, which I am very keen to bring back. So I think we need to keep that in mind too. We don't want to tap people out, but maybe maybe let's let's pick one challenge from. By, by the end of the episode, that that can be up for discussion, certainly, reverse freedom runs, but there might be some other things that we stumble across along our way, revisiting some of our highlights. So let's let's just choose one at the end. What do you say? Okay, deal. Episode 50, Mel, was one of your highlights. It was the culmination of the first year of doing the pod. We had PSH on, which at the time we were very excited about, and, and if PSH was to come back on the podcast next week. We'd also be equally excited about it. But um, you had a different highlight from episode 50 that you wanted to touch on. I did. It was, well, obviously because it was the end of our very first year, it was that festive period and and PSH spoke about Christmas and, and Parkrun being a highlight for him. Like he thinks that's the best event of all, the entire year is Parkrun on Christmas Day and we both agreed with him at the time and I still agree uh, because it, it does something to battle the lonely, loneliness and things like that. However, what eclipsed eclipsed that for me, as much as it was an awesome interview, uh, and it's, it's possibly only because of the hindsight that we get to see these things now when we go back and look at old episodes. But we actually asked um, Tim and Renee what, they would wish if they could have one Christmas wish for park runners, what their Christmas wish would be. And uh, Renee's Chris, well, should we listen to what their Let's wishes would be? Let's yep. do that. All righty. We are days away from Christmas. So what one thing would each of you wish if you could have one Christmas wish for park run for Christmas? Well, is this a wish that, that's going to come true or just a wish? Wishes can come true, but they might not. 
So, so for Parkrun, my wish would be that every event in Australia, which is currently 200, uh, gets a DFib from Santa. If it can come true, um, amazing. And I think my wish uh, is, is sort of in that same category, Renee, in that I, I wish every event has a healthy festive period, meaning that there are no uh, no incidents at any of our events that would require the DFib or any other significant uh, first aid. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be hoping that we get through the Christmas and New Year period with everyone in, in our parkrun family uh, safe and sound. It's not too much of a stretch to see why that's a bit of a highlight. Given the history um, parkrun has had in Australia with our incidents and, and just Literally a year later, we, we had him on the show. Brett Orpwood suffered from a cardiac arrest on the 23rd of December. And that was, you know, the last park run for him before Christmas. And he missed, you know, Christmas Day because he was sort of in a bit of a haze in hospital. However, you know, Renee's wish came true. She and the whole team at Park Run Australia have made it be that you know defibs are out there and a defib saved his life so tim's wish came true the following year as well christmas episodes are always good should we have a listen to some of the psh interview because i went back and had a listen to some of that and that's still um that's got some pearls of wisdom in it too so let's catch up with psh from episode 50 <laughs> thank you scott it's uh, fabulous to be here i feel very very uh, linked and tied to Australian park runs and park runners, so it's fantastic to be able to come and talk to you. When you first started, did you ever think there'd be park run in Australia? No, mate. When I first started, I only thought there'd ever be one park run, and that would be Bushy Park. Uh, prob- most of your folks will, will know this, but I'll, it's worth repeating. I started park run because I was um, I was lonely, and I wanted to make sure I saw my mates. So the idea was uh, have a little run, but then go for a coffee afterwards. And if I did that, I was pretty certain that I would see most of my mates uh, every week or maybe every other week because they would all come to this free, easy 5K run. So it was a, I had selfish motives, and uh, it turns out that one of the best things we do is the coffee morning after park run. One of the things that park run is... Uh, most successful at is not focusing on the running, but focusing on what happens around the running, the, the social scene, the building relationships, the supporting of each other. The volunteering is just such an amazing thing, which I have to say, I didn't think about on day one, but as we decided to grow uh, Parkrun, we knew that it had to be a volunteer-led organization. So. These things have just come together um, over time and we made a lot of right decisions and we just I, I just feel very blessed to be part of something that stands for so many good values. It's just uh, it's, fan- it's fantastic. What about the impact on volunteering that Parkrun has done as well? So, yeah, we've got these runners who have got something, but you've also given something to people to be involved in the community. Did you ever think of that when you started? Well... To be honest, right at the beginning, I felt that that could be the whole downfall of the model. If we didn't get that right, it could mean that you would have to start charging people to run so that you could pay people to, to manage events. But it, it's turned out that we made a lot of 
the decisions were brilliant decisions, keeping it at 5K, making sure it was always short, an hour's worth of work, giving the teams accountability and and, uh, responsibility, helping them grow their skills, all those sorts of things. As it turns out, there are many organizations who would like to copy what we do. And I've been and spoken to many of them because clearly we would we would love it if more organizations were able to be as effective as we are with volunteering. But uh, there's just something that works. We are unique in that it really, really works for us. It doesn't always work for the swimming association or the golf or the tennis or so on. So um, it's probably the one of the most important things that we do for society. People are finding their way into a very, very soft uh, startup volunteering role and then deciding, actually, this is something that's really valuable. It's not something that I need to be rewarded for because it has its own reward and it's helping me develop myself as a person. What about your plans for Christmas and New Year? Will you be running on Christmas Day? Absolutely. It's the best park run of the year, by the way. And um, traditionally, I, well, it's a tradition that I started, obviously. Uh, I, I want, I always wanted every single park run to run on every single Saturday that was possible. It just so happened in 2004 uh, that the part, that the Sunday, uh, sorry, the Saturday was Christmas Day. And I didn't know whether people would come down or not, but I decided that if if it was a Saturday, we would definitely run park run. And I put the park run on that day, and it was brilliant. And they continue to be the most exciting day of the year to run. There's something really, really special about uh, Christmas Day because I suppose everybody's in a specific kind of mood. They're all about presents and sharing and... Um, and I think that you just that just carries on straight into into the parkrun world, and of course you get it over and done with very quickly. Uh, people don't stick around and have coffee on on Christmas morning; they head home and they start the cooking and so on and so forth. But it is um, by far the most exciting day to run a parkrun, and it has it's one of those days that you just remember for a very long time. We've we've actually had PSH on the show a few times, uh, not directly as an in an interview with us, I should say. The very first time was early early on in like episode two, where he had a little um, piece of oh, what what would you call it? An, not an announcement. He he message. sent some well wishes. Yeah, yeah, it was a message. He sent some well wishes to Norm, who became the oldest park runner in the world to reach 100 park runs. And we had him on that week, and so we had the message. But another time he was on the show was when PK, underscore PK, our Channel 5 news crew member, went over. He did his pilgrimage to Bushy Park, and he managed to catch up with the man himself there. G'day there, Scott and Mel. It's PK, underscore PK, checking in from the home of Park Run, Bushy Park. Yep, made it over here to the UK. It's a glorious sunny day here uh, in whatever suburb it is. We've uh, just been on the train here. We actually caught a train with um, some other random park runners and uh, then shared a cab cab here because uh, some bloke came up and he said, you going to Park Run? I'm like, you bet we are. Anyway, we're here, enough uh, rambling. I'm going to go and see if uh, I can meet a few people. Um, it's actually Parkrun's 
12th birthday. Um, as uh, many of you know, the International Park Run Day is today. And uh, what a great place to celebrate it. So here we are, and I'll go and chat with a few people. Cheers. Okay, uh, would you believe it? I'm standing under the Park Run tree with not only the amazing man who started Park Run, but the man who started Park Run 12 years ago. That's right. Paul Sinton Hewitt. That's correct. Hi, nice to be with you. How are you, Paul? Mel and Scott uh, would no doubt be uh, sending all their very best uh, happy birthday wishes to you. And thank you. Well, actually, thank you to the whole of Australia. I'm uh, so looking forward to spending about six months travelling through Australia, coming to each and every parkrun event. Really? Yeah, in the next year or so. Wow, that is brilliant. Well, you have to make sure you come um, come over to Adelaide or South Australia and come to the, the Mount Barker Park Run if you can, or, or one of the park runs in I'll Adelaide be, anyway. I'll, I'll be making an attempt to, to yes, go to course. every single park run. Wow, that is brilliant. Good on you. Well, thank you so much, and a good day today. How many people do you reckon you had here? It's about 1,200, I think, okay. at, uh, at this event. Fantastic, and a great way to celebrate. I just spoke to someone who did their 300th. <laughs> she, she was pretty stoked as someone. But um, the whole thing about it, I, I just felt very emotional, and I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all the Parkrun Adventurers for creating this amazing thing that is very, a very simple and easy thing, but it's, it's, you've, you've certainly changed so many people's lives. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Actually, you know... My heart goes out to each and every Australian. I, I have an Australian passport, so I, I have a, a great affiliation for Australia. And um, especially to Tim Oberg and the team who, who get Australia running, and it's just brilliant. So thank you, and thank, thank you to every park runner out in Australia. Oh, well, thanks so much. Well, that's it. Not a bad way to finish uh, my uh, day here at uh, Bushy Park Run. Saying good day and thank you to the guy who started Park Run many years ago, 12 years ago now. All right, let's go and have a coffee. So that wasn't our first introduction to PK, but I think that's when we started to fall in love with the man. And you could, you could tell his excitement in his voice. And we just loved that there was this guy who, at that point, Mel, you and I had not met, but he travelled to London and he was just excited to go to Bushy Park Run. And then he happened to meet the great man and... Happy days. Happy days back in the early days. But there was another man who is quite linked to Bushy Park Run as well, and we had him on. What episode was that? That was episode 37. Mr. Danny Norman. Yeah, I think to this day is probably still our most downloaded episode. You know what I really remember, and, and it possibly didn't come through in my voice. I was I was trying to contain myself, but I was having such a fangirl moment when we had Danny on the show. <laughs> I think you may have also been having a fangirl moment, Scotty. Yeah, well, it was back in the day when the reason for starting the podcast was because we, we missed the parkrun show. And, you know, I joked at the top of this program that that was the reason why it didn't stick around. And it was a very sad day when it it ended and to catch up with Danny and have a chat about all things parkrun and podcasting dare I say it again Mel it was a real highlight so ever since my very first parkrun so when I, I finished the parkrun uh, got my little Nokia phone out and I called my mum and I said this is an amazing idea I love it it's fantastic it's brilliant it was my first official 5k uh, with the result if that makes sense I had I had never raced a 5k it wasn't a race at the time and it still wasn't a race but meaning i hadn't done the 5k distance and officially got a result from it uh, and i really enjoyed it but the, the aside from that it was the, the fact that the uh, it felt so uh, something special about it it really dawned on me anyway but because of that i became very interested in how it worked so i basically got to know the systems and how it worked i was interested about how the results um uh, played out but then i asked and got to know about psh and so I was always 
very much nosy and wanting to know certain things with parkrun and the reason how it then uh, expanded out to do the podcast cut a very long story short that i was um uh, involved on the bushy parkrun committee um that i would uh, do various roles but one of the chief roles that i would do i'd do the bushy run report and i would do the bushy run reports and i remember at the time the run reports that used to be uh, produced were i guess you guys well you still see that as in the events that the the results that come out they are the um copy and paste one two three one two three age grading one two three um these are the stats and and they were plunked out there and they were very boring and nobody looked at them and psh um tasked me with um writing uh, the run reports and, and i'm not really holding back and I, so i i used the opportunity to try and put a, a creative and in a spin on it but also make it that people read it who weren't at the event who weren't really park runners just make it an enjoyable read um and when i was doing this it panned out that uh, the person who was reading these uh, run reports up in leeds was your interview guest um, which will be a couple of weeks ago was tom williams uh, the COO now of Parkrun and um, he would read the run reports and he would enjoy them so as it's uh, as it panned out um, Tom had an idea to do a Parkrun podcast so I was always in his mind to do that in terms of employment side of things I wasn't employed at the time when I first started uh, the podcast did start in um, I think a couple of weeks after I left one of my previous jobs um, and then I become employed by Parkrun a little while later but it was never really an employment factor I was never really solely employed to do the, the, the podcast. And so you did it for a number of years? You started out yep. with Tom and Martin and then you added a mm-hmm. few co-hosts throughout the time. Yeah. Did you have fun? I did have fun and so the reason why Martin and Tom were involved in the early days was it was their second venture so Marathon Talk they'd done and they'd established for a little while and they wanted to do the parkrun podcast but they wanted to make sure it was put out in the waters appropriately and um and because they had a bit more experience and i was very very nervous at the time they guided me out into those podcast waters and then bit by bit um martin sort of uh, dropped off a little bit and, uh, and then tom dropped off a little bit and it was quite hard to do three people at the same time we felt um but also with Parkrun being what it is, and that's very inclusive, having three guys at the time who were primarily 16, 17, 18, 19 minute 5Kers, it didn't really encompass the broad range of Parkrunners. And I was very aware of that, and all male. And so we had Nicola Forwards, who would engage with our, our podcast on social media in very creative ways. Um, she impressed me a lot. Um, it, I just felt it was right to bring a uh, lady in and sorry a female in I should say because some people get offended by ladies sorry um, bring a female <laughs> on board <laughs> sorry who gets offended by lady what's offensive about lady <laughs> there isn't but this is this is another thing which got brought up I think it was Tom Williams again I keep mentioning Tom Williams I wasn't going to but um, Tom um, yeah he mentioned the word lady I think it was in a newsletter once and people flipped out about it in the parkrun newsletter I don't know derogatory I, I, I think it's being chivalrous myself but anyway um, <laughs> so yeah and so I brought Nicola in and also Nicola wasn't very fast uh, admittedly, she she was very much a back of the packer, and she uh, and so we had this broader spectrum. We had this bookend of the range of abilities, and uh, she brought a lot to it. And it and it really gave a, um, a women 
were said at the time. They said that having Nicola on board gave them something more to relate to. So Martin and Tom originally, and then Nicola, and then we expanded out to have a few more people. We had people who uh, were engaged with the show a lot. We had people who were amb- ambassadors. Um, we had Dennis Brandrick who offered his services. Um, when I was going to take my first break, he did the editing for us. And again, started to branch out and just give a bit more of a reflection of um, Parkrun as a whole by having the, these varieties of people from around the UK as well. Ah, oh, it was so good to hear Danny's voice back on any any kind of podcast. So so we were very excited and happy to have him. And, you know, it, it just goes to show it's like a moment in time in history. He was up to 179 different events that he had visited at that stage. And now he has just very recently done his 250th different park run. But Danny was only 50% of the story. Danny was only 50% of the story and we were very lucky to have his uh, co-host Nicola Forward join us on episode 59, which is definitely down on a list of highlights for me, probably for you too. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, it is. But set it, set it up for us as well, Mel, because you had an opportunity to actually meet with Nicola prior to doing the interview on the podcast because she was out touring in Australia and uh, you spent an afternoon together. We didn't we didn't speak to her until she had returned to the UK, but she had come out for uh, six odd weeks uh, between New Zealand and Australia to do some tripping around and some adventuring with her daughter Poppy. And I mean, we let, let's have a listen to it now. It was a little bit different in that she she was very well. I mean, not that Danny wasn't real, but Nicola was very real, and she she had been through some tough things since the podcast had ended and you know she didn't hold back and she was very honest and open and I think that just oh I can't I can't even find the words I still feel a bit emotional about it but maybe we'll just listen. Watching Parkrun grow in Australia has been amazing because if you look at its start in all the countries it has some countries or, or, I mean, if you look at the America at the moment, you can look at a country and think it's going to really take off, but actually it grows. And because of the organic growth model, it kind of grows slowly. That didn't happen in Australia. <laughs> you guys kind of just went, Parkrun, this is amazing. And it sprung up really fast and watching all the enthusiasm. And you're a nation of like high fivers. So there's so much Parkrun passion it's just brilliant. So I've always really wanted to do it. Um, and then it's a bit of a sad story really about why the trip came about because um, I don't, if listeners listen to the Park Run show, they'd know that Ben was, my husband was pretty poorly. So he passed away about three months after we'd stopped recording the Park Run show. And then um, you might need to get a little violin out. It all gets a bit sad. <laughs> And then, um, so I'd had a cycle of IVF and I was having, going to try and have a sibling for Poppy. And then I thought, who, this is my only chance now, I'm pregnant, this is my only chance to go to Australia and do a park run, until, unless I wait 20 years until the kids are older, because who in their right mind would take two small children on their own to park run <laughs> on the other side of the world? So I booked a trip and then sadly I lost the baby six days before we were going to fly. So I, that was, that was that and that was cancelled. And then I thought I need, I just need two weeks in the Maldives or, you know, I need to get away from life. 
and I tried to, I looked at booking something and it's so expensive to book holidays that I thought it's it started to make my massive expensive park run trip look like really good value and something I still wanted to do so I kind of you know I just gritted my teeth and rebooked it and then it's it gave me something to look forward to so we went anyway and in the second time of planning the trip extended it <laughs> added a few more park runs in and um and it was really wonderful really good for me really Park run is such a great way to travel, to know that you have those pockets of of kind of like family to dip into every Saturday and that you're going to be with friends, even though you've never met, was really, really kind of what I needed, you know, and I met some really, really wonderful people. And let's keep up the British theme one final time, because they do have posh accents. And we caught up with a UK park runner. Um, and what I love about this, it was back in episode 75, you came to me with a story about a run director at Cannons Park Park Run, going by the name of Sean Sutherland Kirby. And at the time, I didn't know anything about it. And I'll be honest, I was like, oh, okay, all right, let's go with this. And uh, he came on the podcast and he was just so candid and he, he was a great storyteller. He was really easy to listen to. And I'd, I'd really enjoyed him going back and listening back through a couple of the episodes to find highlights. I stayed listening to Sean's episode probably longer than all the others because, like I said, I just enjoyed listening to him. So should we both enjoy listening to him, Mel? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I first heard about Park Run through my husband. Uh, my husband's a, a teacher at a school, um, and he came home one day and said, oh, by the way, I'm going to be running this weekend with uh, Chris, who's uh, one of the assistant heads at his school. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. Uh, you know, that that was just kind of it. And then, you know, a few weeks later, it was, oh, I'm running again. And it was, okay, fine. Um, you know, that went on for a few weeks. And, uh, and then it turns out Chris, who's a, a fellow Aussie, by the way, um, was setting up Cannons Park Park Run and um, was doing the kind of initial setup run and uh, needed volunteers. And uh, Andrew said, "Oh, I've been running this thing called Park Run, and we need volunteers, and you're doing it." Um, <laughs> so I was, Great. Okay. Um, what is this thing? And just showed me the website, and I went on and had a look, and I was great. I have to be. At a park in October at seven thirty in the morning to go and have a look around this course, and you know, he knew how to get me down there. He promised me breakfast at the cafe afterwards. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I went down there, had a look around, and uh, I just volunteered that first time, and and I just enjoyed being down there and meeting new people. And you know, at the time I was, we were living in a, a flat. Um, that didn't have really good access. I'm, I'm uh, in a wheelchair. Um, so uh, I was pretty much housebound at the time. So Andrew was working full time. Um, I was stuck at home. I, I'm working as a, a an artist from home. Um, so I was just sat at the computer. It was me and the cat. And, uh, um, and that was really my life. So Park Run came up and, and it was a chance for me to kind of get out and meet new people. And um, 
it, it's been great just kind of getting out and each Saturday and, and seeing new people and kind of having this group of people to, to go to each Saturday. And yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a new challenge and an adventure each week. It's been brilliant. You allude to parkrun through breakfast. Yes. <laughs> exposed to the active lifestyle, but you volunteered for quite a few months until the weekend recently where you took part in your first park run in a wheelchair. How did that go? Yes. Um, it went really well. Um, it was actually the, the, the day that I did it was actually the, the day after um, the anniversary of my accident. So I actually did it as a way to kind of um, take my mind off of the, the fact that, you know, I was constantly thinking about that. Um, and I, posted online you know hey guys any advice for doing this because uh you know do i need to wear a helmet and you know any other guys doing it in wheelchairs or you know any advice for me um i mean you know, I, I got like 500 likes and loads of comments saying well done and and i really wasn't expecting it and the online community has been great with it um i mean i go to the gym and i, I work out a bit when i can and and i all of the other guys that are down doing the park run always look like they're having so much fun. And, and I love doing the volunteering side of it. Don't get me wrong, but um, I've always wanted to just kind of get in and get stuck in. And, and as soon as I got my new wheelchair a few months ago, um, which is much lighter than my old one, um, I've wanted to, to actually tackle the course. Um, and it just seemed the, the perfect time to go ahead and do it. So I set that date as a kind of, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Um, so we got down there and you know, we, we set off. And the first seven or eight minutes was very British, uh, you know, excuse me, excuse me, I'm coming through, coming through, um, trying to, to weave through people. And uh, the Cannons Park course is is brilliant it's um it's a three lap course um and it's kind of split into two halves so um the first half is what i would call typical english park where it's lovely pavement fields either side um there's a playground and you know sort of dog walkers and everything um it's really great you know i was whipping through uh, overtaking people and then the second half is is what's called the spinny it's a wooded area um and it, it's a little bit bumpy um a slight incline but the the track on that area is kind of compacted sand and gravel and dirt so as soon as my front casters hit that it was like hitting treacle it was like running through honey so <laughs> i just almost stopped dead um and it, it was a real workout um but i i really enjoyed it and people were saying to me oh once you do one it you'll catch the bug and you'll want to do it again um and i i i think i did the course in 4509 i mean i wasn't smashing any records by any any means um but i i got got to the finish line and um people were, were cheering and you know it was that that real you know parkrun family you know warmth and uh i got my token and, and did my scanning and everything and um i just wanted to do it again so Sean reminded us of the inclusiveness of Parkrun and how everyone is accepted and it's everyone's happy place. 
and it puts me in my happy place every Saturday morning, Mel. But something that may be the highlight of the podcast so far, we, we talked about it for so long, we teased about it on numerous episodes, but we finally got around to launching our quiz. Which didn't happen until August. <laughs> <laughs> so it was initially going to be March Madness, and um, that's true to form. We got around to it by the time we got to August. We, we started behind the eight ball with that because, you know, it was March when you said, hey, we should do a March Madness, but it was like the last week of March and we'd already recorded everything else. And I was like, well, all right, well, let's try for April. And then, yeah, that didn't happen. And anyone who's listened to most of us would know that this is our MO. <laughs> this is how we work. <laughs> Things take some time in the melting pot before they happen. But worth the wait and something that I think it's probably due to come back. So maybe we can have a poll. Maybe we're working on the fly in this episode, so I'm suggesting we're going to have reverse freedom run challenges, or should we have bring August Madness back, which would now be July Madness? July Madness. Or should we wait for a whole year to have an anniversary of Madness? It probably makes sense to have it back in August Madness again, and so maybe we should only have it in August and at Parkrun Adventurous and the meetups. Okay. When we could do a live madness, which is always fun. Well, you're jumping ahead, Mel. You're jumping ahead. Let's go back and listen to the first edition of August Madness. We've been teasing for a long time. I've been teasing for a long time for August Madness. It was originally going to be March Madness, May Madness, April Madness, but we finally got to it. August Madness. Now, Mel... Are you curious to what I'm actually talking about? Uh, I'm I'm excited, but I have no real concept of how it's going to work. So please explain. Yep. It's a quiz. We're going to pit a parkrun adventurer from the greater state, Victoria, against a parkrun adventurer <laughs> from your neck of the woods, Queensland, I think it is. Known as a smart state. Four questions, parkrun related. The winner is the carryover champion and the reigning champion of August Madness to hopefully return, if this segment is a success, for October Madness, November Madness, whenever we get around to doing round two. And joining us from the greater state is Melissa. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. Melissa, not Mel, Melissa. Thank you, Scott. Hi, Mel. Thanks for joining us on the show, Melissa. Are you excited to be the first of two participants in August Madness. Very excited. Excellent. And joining us from Queensland is Steve. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Mel. Good to be here. Okay. Now, I, I, I can sense the nerves, Mel. Can you? I can. We forgot to tell these guys that they're allowed to have alcohol before they come on the quiz. Oh, oh seriously? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I just them to run. <laughs> We really should put that in our initial contact when we ask people to join us on the podcast. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's my bad. Not a problem. Okay, so here we go. The rules are you are going to buzz in with your buzzers. The buzzers are going to be Melissa. Your buzzer is going to be your home park run, which is? Berwick. Berwick. Berwick Springs. Steve, your home park run is? Cairns. Okay, so that's your buzzer. Buzz in whenever you want. Are we ready? Yes. Well, I, should, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention, you may have already noticed, we've got the uh, live studio audience <laughs> joining us for August Madness. This is the first for the Parkrun Adventurers, so 
<laughs> we don't usually record in front of a live studio audience, so we're also a little bit nervous yeah. ourselves. Adding to the pressure. First question. Name three countries in the Northern Hemisphere that have a park run. Kent. Go, Steve. Um, England, Poland, France. That is correct. Well done. Queensland's on the board. Okay. Question number two. Lots of, lots of Queenslanders in the audience too. That's great. <laughs> Don't you love that support you're getting, Steve? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. Membership of the Pirate Club can only be attained by running seven C's and an R. Name three park runs whose name begins with C. Eric. No, no, no. Go, Mel. Melissa. Okay. Castlemaine. Um, Chelsea Bicentennial. And... Kent. <laughs> oh, using your own park run against you, Steve. But she scores all three 100% correct. Oh, well done, correct. Melissa. Now, while we were listening to that, Mel, we both realised that we actually also had November Madness a couple of months <laughs> <We> later. <did. laughs> this is what happens when you've had so many episodes that you've forgotten what you've done. There's too many to remember now. I, I still think we should stick to our plan of having a return of August Madness next month. But uh, it was good to reminisce. Now, the other time it was. we had Madness was very recently, and this is probably our most recent highlight that we're going to go back to. And uh, we went on a, a real adventure with some other adventurers. And we had a live outdoor studio audience. Yeah. Makes me want to do it again when I went back and had a listen. It was a great day, wasn't it? You know, it? this is – this is it was, it was awesome. It was so much fun. And this is something I was thinking about during the week as well to bring up with you. I wasn't going to do it on the podcast, but, you know, we're having the conversation. So let's have this discussion now. Do you think it's time to set a date and put the word out there for people to vote on a location for another listeners' meetup? Not for 18, for 19. Well, we could ask them to vote, but we've already decided, Mel, where we're going. Have we, though? We have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> you have. All right. Um, did we announce where that was going to be? No, we didn't. On a previous episode? No. Maybe if you went to the very first listener meetup, you might already know. But to the other 1,500 listeners who didn't go to the listener meetup, they might be interested to know where we're going next year. So maybe the conversation just needs to be about the date then. Mm, mm. Should we vote on the date? Because it's going to happen, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's going to happen. I've got a better idea, Mel. On the weekend at Juniors, I caught up with the great, the one and only Gary Murphy. And I think he did such a good job the first time around. Let's just task him with doing an equally good job the second time around. I like your thinking, Scotty. Done. Decisions made. But... Let's go back and, and revisit, so remind everybody how awesome the listener meetup was so they can get excited about the next one. And Gary, you too can get excited about organising the next one in 2019. Episode 105 of the Parkrun Adventurers, Mel. Not our usual episode. I can see you for starters. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling weirded out by this. <laughs> so I'm not going to look. <laughs> it's just, let's hold up a book. Yeah, I'm not going to look. For, for now, anyway. For yeah, now, that anyway. works for me. Um... I'm not in my study or my bedroom. Uh, there's a bit of wind about, but we're going we're gonna to work through that. Uh, but I've got a great view 
and it's not just because of the people in front of me, but that's partially the reason why. We're at Chell Harbour, we're at the Parkrun Adventurers Listener Meetup. We have Parkrun Adventurers with us. So our, our first fears were allayed when there were people here. And thank you to those yeah. two people who just made that crowd sound like <laughs> there was a lot more of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're also recording on a Saturday morning, which is, which is awesome, which means I've got a whole... That's a first for us. Yeah, I've got heaps of time to edit this. Um, and the reason why is because we're at Shell Harbour Park Run. We've done Shell Harbour Park Run this morning. And we're going to start the program with our guests, our hosts for today. So I'm going to welcome up Brendan and Ollie. And we're going to learn more about Shell Harbour Park Run and these two gentlemen who run the show. So I'll give Ollie the mic. Introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. I'm Ollie. And I'm Brendan. Now, this is your home event, so technically Brendan is our event director, but... That's, yep, that's correct, but Ollie is uh, our right-hand man here, and without Ollie on our core event team, Shell Harbour Park Run would not be able to take place every week. I've never publicly said top three, but... <laughs> and, and I'm not going to publicly say top three, <laughs> but my goodness, my goodness, you're showing off. Like, yeah. this is... I mean, you guys know it, don't you? This is, like, one of the best park runs going around. Oh, we, we certainly love it. We were stoked to have you here. Um, shame there's a bit of wind, but, uh, yeah, beautiful day to uh, get to share it with you all. Wind is good. Perfect running yeah. conditions. And it's, it's nice to make the unofficial top three. <laughs> 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 no, it's in It's It's not unofficial. Yeah. yeah. Noted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and we're definitely blessed to be here within the Reflections Killalee State Park. Um, we've been here nearly four years now. Uh, the, the park management have been on board since day one and have improved the, uh, the park and the park run in that time, uh, making the course uh, friendly. We had one uh, pram pusher today. They made it around. We've really only ever had three or four make it around the course because the course is... Um, a variety of terrains, you know, you've got gravel, grass, <laughs> sand and, and a couple of hills as well. But um, we are blessed, we've, we've been to different park runs uh, and we think, yeah, we're, we're lucky we don't have any cars. We aren't allowed to have dogs here and it is one loop course. So, um, yeah, we are different to a lot of park runs and we think we are unique as most park runs are. But uh, we are blessed to have Killer Lee here. Well, we felt blessed to be here, Brendan, uh, especially because who knew there's a beach, a Mel Urbacca beach, and uh, there's also a Scott Trickett bridge. Apparently. So. Um, among this, Gary Murphy, he, he kind of is obviously the king of the place, though, because he got two hills. <laughs> you know what, listener, meetup reminds me of Scotty. The good old way back when, in episode 44, when we spoke to Bruce Fordyce and he got us super excited about South Africa and wanting to do our first Parkrun Adventurers Kentucky style tour 
over to South Africa. That's another thing we need to get organised. I wonder do. if we could ask somebody to put their hand up to do that. Mm, <laughs> we'll just delegate <laughs> all these adventures to our adventurers out there. Yeah, because I still I reckon that can that can work, Mel, and it would be a lot of fun, which is what we're. Oh, it would be huge fun, huge, huge amounts of fun. I've never been to South Af- South Africa. Have you? No, I've never been to South Africa. But you, you know what? The, and another reason that I was probably twigged off to thinking about this was that apparently last week we pronounced one of the event names that was having a launch wrong, and heaven forbid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done that before, have we? So, but it did make me think of the South African accent because apparently Mary War is which is what we said is pronounced as Mary War. And Mary War sounds to me like the South African pronunciation of it. You know, like how a grudge is a place to pork your car. <laughs> That's not South African. <laughs> you didn't say South African or wrong mill. <laughs> you sound like a Kiwi. <laughs> hey, I'm South African. You're being South African, are you? Yep. Um, okay. But Mary War, really? We got that wrong? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not spelt the same way as War Hope, but, you know, I guess <laughs> there's, there's a Hope. lot of ways to spell War. I'm still not convinced about War Hope, by the way. There's no way <laughs> that that town is called War Hope. Good old War Choppy. War Choppy. But, uh, yeah, getting back to Bruce... Um, everyone loves Bruce. Everyone is really excited to meet him. I mean, he's a legend in South Africa, but I think lots of runners know the uh, story of Bruce Fordyce. And uh, the man can talk as well, as we discovered in episode 44. Uh, our favourite one, by the way, I can tell you this story. It's a divine story. So I'm, I'm going to forget the actual name of the English park run, so they mustn't sue me, but it was something like Huddersfield. And it was the middle of December. And we were starting our Inkomazi Park Run, which is just outside Kruger Park in this township called Inkomazi, as I said, bordering on the Mozambique border. And we were just picking up the various tweets and messages coming through. And so we got this message from Huddersfield that arrived and said, come on, everybody. It's a beautiful winter's morning. It's only minus five. And there's no black, <laughs> and there's no, and there's no black ice. There's no black ice. So it's safe the whole way around. And somebody thinks they saw a badger. So so we so wait, so wait, so, so we, we replied. So we instantly had to reply. Come on everybody. It's the opening of Inkumazi Park Run. It's plus thirty five degrees. And we're going to have to delay the start because several of us are held up by three lions lying in the road. <laughs> and we got a rude message back from Huddersfield. This is a family program because I can't tell you what they said to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but badgers are gorgeous. No, of course they are. Yeah, and, and by the way, the lions, I don't want you to suddenly think the risk assessment must be interesting at Inkomazi. The lions were in the Kruger Park, but because people were, had come down, down to lots of South Africans, we have a huge number of tourists that I can chat about. The tourists travel around doing as many different park runs as they can. And so when there was Inkomazi was starting, a lot of them booked into the various lodges and camps in the Kruger Park so that they could drive through, do the park run, and then go back into the park. And they couldn't get out of the Kruger Park because there was a pride of lions lying across the road. And they were messaging us desperately, please hold up the start, please. You you also can't jump out your car and tell the lions to move. I have to ask, is it somebody's job to go check the course? 
for hippopotami and other such animals that have come out of the park or does does somebody drive around to do that or is somebody out there on foot no you know that I, I, I'm really exaggerating, so I don't want you to think that that's a common occurrence. That would be something that would happen <laughs> once, once in a blue moon, you know. So all our park runs have been chosen to be safe. So Okay. I have a thing about large animals that can eat me, so – and I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> no, there's nothing that's going to eat you. I won't mention the Mozambican spitting cobra, but apart from <laughs> – Snakes I can deal with. I've seen photographs of snakes at some of your park. In fact, when we did we did Main Beach, my wife Jill came around the corner and there was a very large, very long brown snake lying there. Yes, we, we've had eastern browns on my home park run. And we've actually also had a snake attack a dog that was park running as well. So um, these things happen. And they've got badges. No, no. We, in fact, they've got deer. We, when I ran Richmond Park Run, which is another one I love, have you ever seen Fenton the dog? You have to go and Google. Go and I can't. It's, it's, go and Google Fenton the dog. It's about a dog who. It's it's a real, really, really happened. Who tried to herd all the deer in Richmond Park? Oh, I have seen that that YouTube video, <laughs> and his owner is calling out to him, and he just never came back. Yeah, yeah, so YouTube it, not Google. Yeah, so Fenton. So now you know what I'm talking about. And the poor owner's going hysterical because Fenton's is is herding all the deer and pushing them into the onto the main motorway. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's desperately trying to get Fenton. But Fenton's a sheepdog, so Fenton's doing what he's been bred to do, and he's nipping at the deer's heels and getting them all to be in a neat little group, all 150 of them, and then herd them across the highway. So I was running Richmond Parker and. And doing it seriously. And, uh, you know, once you get into the older age categories, the competition can be quite intense. So the moment I see another balding, gray-headed guy, there's no way I'm going to let him go past me. So that's it. So we've got a group of about five or six of us hurtling along as, as fast as we can in our age category. And suddenly, right through the middle of us, five deer just went bounding right through the middle of us. I mean, they, if they'd hit one of us, it would have knocked us out. And anyway, everyone said, watch out, look out, look out. And then we carried on racing. And, and suddenly it came back into my mind. How am I going to get rid of these guys who I'm racing with? So I just shouted out, Fenton! Fenton! <laughs> and they all started laughing so much that I got, them. I got away from them because they couldn't breathe. They were laughing so much. Well played. Yeah, great. I'm cunning. Now, you see, Mel, this is why, this is why I'm even more convinced that we need to get this Kentucky tour going. Because I think South Africa, they're a bit different. They just do things a little bit differently. They are. And that's good <laughs> in a way. <laughs> it is. Every every country has their own stamp on Parkrun, I think. Now, we've probably got time for one more. Because I'm a gentleman, I'm going to leave it back to you. And um, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, uh, this, this highlight may be linked to next week's episode. I'm not going to say any more. Take it away. Ah. Well, in that case... Scotty has agreed to, to sing again in German because my <laughs> highlight was episode 99. No, no, that's not what you're supposed to say. I specifically okay, well, said no to episode 99. <laughs> All right. I will skip over episode 99 then. But I do want it noted for the record that that is still my highlight of all time and brings me much joy every time I think about it. So thank you, Scotty. However... We, we, we're travelling back to Australia again and 
onwards after that to Germany because uh, you know what I really love? As much as we talk to some of the big wigs and some big name people from time to time, Scotty, I love talking to the real people as well, the real park runners who just have special stories or share special moments at Parkrun on any given week. And the next two people that I think we should have a listen to and the final two to to head out our highlights for the episode are Martin and Svenja Beck, who, well, they're, they're, now, they're now the Becks, but they weren't when we first spoke to them in episode 68. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having us. We're excited to bring some German accent to the podcast podcast today oh we love it i don't think we've had any germans on the podcast yet so this is a first yeah and the last hopefully not <laughs> hopefully not yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that but let's get to saturday because saturday was a big weekend for you guys you both hit your 50 milestones which is good enough but it's not good enough to get on the parkrun adventures podcast you did something else do you want to tell us what you guys got up to that's right yeah i proposed to svenja on the weekend as, as part of our milestone celebrations. So that was, was obviously a surprise to her. I, I wanted to pro- propose to her at a special place that meant something to both to, of, to both of us. And yeah, then it was an obvious choice to, to do it at the, at the Charles Park Run, which is our home park run and a fantastic, fantastic park run anyway. And we have a lot of friends there. Even though we, we just made our 50 milestone, I guess we know a lot of people there. We are volunteering. I'm one directing. So we have a lot of friends there. So I thought, thought it's it's the obvious choice to do it uh, with a lot of friends and, yeah, pretty much the Parkrun family as well. And now, so Svenja, did you say yes? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, actually, uh, I didn't say yes, but my choice was clear. <laughs> <laughs> I love the enthusiasm and just the joy and excitement that these two exude, uh, especially when they talk about parkrun and how, you know, I, I recall Svenja saying that it within two minutes, it, everything always goes to parkrun. Any conversation, it's, the, it's their small talk topic of choice, which is awesome because it's also our small talk and our big talk topic of choice, obviously. We, we talk about it every week. And excitingly, you know, they went off on their adventure and they went to Germany and they're very well heavily involved in parkrun in Germany now. So hopefully um, that might, we might Don't say too much, don't say on. too much. Don't say too much, Mel, because we we sometimes over-promise and under-deliver. Sometimes we over-deliver and under-promise, which is a better thing to do. So let's continue to do that for the next um, okay. few episodes. But um, that was great. A nice uh, chance to reminisce. I have had so much fun listening to previous episodes and, you know, bits and pieces that I remember fondly and then other bits that I'd forgotten that we had spoken about. If anyone ever has some downtime and they want to go back and listen to some old episodes, I highly reckon it. That's not, that's not really egotistical, is it, Scotty? No, it's fine. It's self-promotion. <laughs> Which is the definition. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know. Someone will correct us. and uh, <laughs> Someone will correct us. <laughs> Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Melissa here, reporting from Warrigal Parkrun. There's no birthday here today. There's no launch. 
it's just a regular old day at Parkrun and I'm actually walking with the tailwalker David. Good morning, David. Good morning, folks. And um, thank you for volunteering today. David, what brings you to Warrigal Parkrun? Well, I had, a, I had a friend of mine that was in Parkrun at the very beginning when Warrigal started and he kept urging me to come along. And by about the end of October 2015, after I'd been going for about six months, I thought, can't stand him uh, pestering me all the time. I'll just go along once, just to humour him. And I came along, and I came again, and started getting the park run bug. So, a hundred park runs later, I'm still here. That's a fantastic story. Have you done any different park runs? Yes, yes. When I got to a hundred, I had ninety in Warrigal and ten away, and at different other places, of course, Bendigo, Coomara. Pakenham, Gells Park. Oh, I did one, Newborough, a place in Melbourne, which I can't remember how it's pronounced. And I've done Bendigo about four times because we've got my wife's parents up there. It's only uh, about a five-minute walk from where I stay to get to the park run. So any time we're in Bendigo on a Saturday morning, I kind of like getting up there. That's fantastic. It's um, nice to get to the local park runs when you're when you're on holidays and um, you've have you done a few different volunteer roles? Yes, yes, this is probably about my 15th or 16th volunteer as well. So I'm pretty happy about that. I enjoy the uh, volunteering, especially the uh, what I'm doing today because you can get to go in both, be a tail runner and a athlete. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've done most of them and I really enjoy it. And can you tell us about any interesting things that have happened to you while you've been volunteering? Oh, yes. One day I was tail running and the, the people that were coming at last was Grandma pushing a pram, had a little girl with her, which was a other granddaughter, and we were going along nicely until the granddaughter saw the playground that we have halfway through the park run. And she said, oh, could I have a swing? And Grandma said, is that all right to, the, to me? And I said, oh, that's all right, have a little swing, that's, that, won't, that won't be a problem. She kept going and going. She was on the thing for about 20 minutes. And while she was on the thing, I uh, thought, well, what am I going to do? So I got on the other swing. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> it was quite a sight to see a uh, tail runner on a swing. And uh, said, what's going on here, you know? So uh, she uh, finally went back to... Uh, walking again and we get to the uh, finishing line because we've got to go twice around we get the finishing line first and then instead of turning around and going back and finishing the 5k little girl said oh i'm tired now grandma i can't walk anymore so uh, they they finished then i uh, i was all on my lonesome and uh, probably about a half an hour behind the rest of the field anyway when i get to about half a kilometer away they sent out somebody looking for me. They thought the poor old tail runner had got lost. They had to, so I had to jog the rest of the way back, and I still finished about 20 minutes past everybody else. <laughs> so on the statistics uh, that particular day, it uh, didn't look very good that the tail runner was 20 minutes. 
<laughs> I didn't know they were going to drop out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just one of the joys of being the tail walker. We have to um, adjust. Yeah, and that was the playground. That was the playground that yeah. we're currently walking past that people can't actually see. <laughs> and um, you've had a bit of a journey yourself with your with your getting fit. Oh yes, yes. When I first started, uh, I um, never considered going and walking five k's. In early days, I do that around the golf course, but uh, I've long since sort of not playing golf regularly and uh, staying on the right weight. I got, got to about nearly 130 kilograms. I got to about down to about 125 when I then I started park run. In about six months, I uh, got down to about 107, and I've sort of maintained that weight, which I needed to lose a bit more. But it was fantastic that motivation to. Uh, it encouraged me to exercise, not just on a Saturday, but throughout the week. Yep, get fit and, and healthy. Uh, get, yeah, yeah. And so I, I attribute that to parkrun. Also, uh, one of the things that I had is since I was about 40 years of age, now about to turn 64, I had uh, been a gout sufferer. And I think my gout has improved too with the additional exercise. I don't get as many attacks anymore and the severity is not as, uh, it's not as high as it used to be or as great as it used to be when, uh, when I didn't exercise. So, yeah, there's lots so, of benefits to getting yeah. out and um, yeah. getting moving. And, uh, and the, the enjoyment of meeting everybody. You make a lot of good friends and uh, every Saturday morning it's one of the highlights of my week now. Well, that's what I say. It's like Christmas morning comes around yeah. once a week. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today, David. And um, I look forward to bumping into you again. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa, for reporting in from, well, I'm going to get this wrong. Is it Warrigal or is it (laughs) Warrigal? It's neither. Who can tell? It looks like it should be War, but I don't know. Uh, she's certainly earning her keep these days. Thanks for the roving report, Melissa. Keep up the good work. Um, So it's War. War. Warrigal. Warrigal. (laughs) <laughs> what? Wrigle. Wrigle. Wara? Gull. Wara gull. No chance of mispronouncing the launch this week in New South Wales in the town of Woi Woi. So nice they named it twice, apparently. <laughs> We've got a few anniversaries as well. We've got Atherton in Queensland. Averley in WA. Cobram in Victoria. And Strathalbyn. In South Australia. The Poem Zone. The entry for this week's Poem Zone comes to you from New South Wales, where Simon Mackley has put fingers to keypad or pen to paper, and he's written a little bit of an ode to Scotty. So I'll read this one out, shall I, Scotty? Good on you, Simon. Go, Mel. Okay. Hopefully I do this justice for you, Simon. There once was a man from Westerfolds. A 2105 PB he holds. Although no marathon this year, the PB is threatened this year. How was that, Scotty? (laughs) Well, the year and the year don't don't rhyme. Well, they do rhyme. (laughs) rhyme. It's the same word. It sounds the same. But also the the last line is, is factually incorrect. The PB is not <laughs> going to be threatened this year. So, Simon, 
you've got you're going to have to go back to the uh, writing desk and and try again. <laughs> I think is what Scotty's saying. No, no, I loved it. I loved it. It was my favourite poem so far. And because we don't, because because now we've got the new theme music, and we don't want the uh, segment to uh, have a die, die a slow death. We're only going <laughs> to death. we're only going to have one poem a week in the poem zone. So keep them coming. We've done one for you now. We've done one for me. So now people can be really diverse. It's open slather, free reign. Poem about whatever you want a poem about. Mel, I've got a plane to catch. Literally, I've got a plane to catch. So I think we need to wrap up episode 119. Packing to do and... I was very organised. I was very organised. I packed on Sunday. Well, what, have, what have you been wearing for the last two days? I've got more than a few pair of shorts. This was my dilemma. <laughs> We're going over there in summer. It's a yes. summer. I'm going, I'm going over there. It's a summer. But it's an English summer. Mm-hmm. It is. So that only lasts for one week and... Temperatures typically uh, represent our summer, our winter in Australia. So anyway, so I've packed a few pair of shorts, but I've I've had to pack a pair of pants, which is going against everything that I believe in. But there's there's a dress code required. I think if, the, if it was everything that you believed in, Scotty, you wouldn't own that pair of pants. So society pressures me into wearing these pants, and I, I don't like it. I'm going to rebel against it. I'm going to start up the shorts appreciation. Society, Mel. So it can become a real movement. The sass. Yes, I've turned my... <laughs> For men with sass. <laughs> for men with sass. It's the Shorts Appreciation Society. Look for it on Facebook because all good activism movements need a good Facebook page. I've converted my running club into a real thing. The Shorts Appreciation Society is going to be a real lobby group. Stay tuned. But on that note, Mel, you've got a crying baby. I've got a plane to catch. I'll speak to you in a different time zone next week for 120 or 113th episode of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. I look forward to it, Scotty. Talk to you then.